everybody to Yes and Body Politics. We are here with somebody we're very excited about. This is very natural and not artificial at all. Zero percent. Please welcome as our very first guest, the most amazing Miss Bethany Payne. Oh my goodness. Hello. Thank you for joining us. So we already yelled at you multiple times about watching Dietland on AMC. If you're not already doing that, yes, um, you guys need to get help on yourself. It. Yes, get on it really quick. So Bethany was on episode number one, yeah, and she is the God. When I saw that scene, I can't. So she was Janice. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just recognized you as the unicorn because the beginning of that. We'll talk a little bit about the show itself, and then I want to hear about your personal journey because for you to like bring what you did with that character. And make it such this like a moment. I'm sure you brought some of your own experience into that because the whole sure. begin, right the beginning of that episode is like a lot of sadness. We've all been in one of those meetings where everybody hates themselves, and it's we're all like pretending like that's okay. And then you were this fucking rainbow that showed up and was like, <laughs> guess what? There is another way that you can exist in life, and it doesn't have to be so sad. What was that first line that you said? I'm fabulous. I you walked in, you're like, hi. I'm hot. Uh, I'm hot. <laughs> oh, I mean my 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 first one I came in at, so let me tell you what the line actually was in the script was fucking bus. Yeah. Like, we're not allowed to say fucking on AMC. Yeah. And so the first thing we had to do when I got my script on set was um adjust things. <laughs> but it was on set. It was I on re- set. It yeah. was well, so even that's a really subtle thing of like So we've talked about the idea of taking up space and like being honest and like being loud and because we are told, especially as women, to like be tiny, be dainty, be easy to consume, Mm -hmm. whatever. And I like that that was just your first of like, nope, I have a problem. You need to know about it. And that's fine. I loved it. I loved it. Well, the minute I walked in that in that room where my character walks in that room, she sits down and she's told, okay, here are the rules. And then she starts speaking, um, Sarah Stiles' character starts speaking to Laura Shoup's Karen and says, um, listen to her. And Laura says, I need to lose weight. And the counselor echoes that. And I go, hold on, no. No, you don't have to subscribe to that. It, she automatically starts standing up for other people in that room. And that was important to me. Yeah. I did not want it to be a steamroll of the scene. I mean, obviously, it's a short scene and whatever, but... You see her sticking up for people, yeah. Yeah, we saw the scene. I mean, again, I yeah. don't, I don't scream almost at anything. I couldn't stop screaming like, "Run, go after her!" Right, we something. we did. We literally got up off our ass. We we're like, "Follow her. She has something to tell you." <laughs> oh my god, it was like the biggest call to action. Oh it's because we all have those friends that we see just like stuck, mm-hmm. and we just want to pull them out. Yep. Like, you don't have to exist this way anymore. Yeah, and so it was just, I don't know, it was very. Yeah, I was. At intermission of part two of Angels in America, speaking of unicorns and unique and that play, um, uh, watching a, a friend of mine, I'm a, I'm a career coach for actors, and watching a friend of mine perform, and I got an Instagram message from Saray Walker, who wrote Dietland, that said, hey, you might want to check out Entertainment Weekly right now. The no. Video. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I'm like the author of the book of the TV show that I'm in one episode of, just sent me an Instagram post. What, Saray? Because I'm so excited for her, but like that's something. Yeah. And she said, "Yeah, you're in the promo." And I, as an actor, I've been on a few television shows. I have never been in the promo. 
and it's just that cliff, the I am a goddess. And of course, I'm sitting there on intermission and I just started crying. Oh my yes! <laughs> so you guys screamed yeah. me career wise. I just started crying. Yes, <laughs> well, and so, and I, because I was going to add, like, that's incredible. And that speaks to, again, how impactful that moment was. But so, did you have a Janice or did you have a unicorn in your life that, like, kind of woke you up and showed you another way to do things? You know, uh, so growing up, I was very awkward all through undergrad even um and then I went to grad school and I had one of my classmates said to me after class one day and Quana Johnson Quana who's in ragtime on Broadway way before we went to grad school together um she said do you know how sexy you are and I'm like what are you talking about wow I was like what are you what are you talking about and I was echoed by a few other people and it was like there was a little bit of a light bulb thing I'm like I've never been told that in my life yeah um, that, that, that's a little crack. And then I started working at, right after grad school, I started working at this show, Sleep No More. And the whole place just is, there's, it's a permissive atmosphere in a way, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a very sexy place to be. And so trying out that new kind of feeling and doing some events that were mostly not clothed yes. and it just got more and more comfortable. And then... <laughs> My first ever acting job on television happened to be fully nude. Yes. So <laughs> I kind of had to jump into the deep end oh, on yes. that one. Yeah. Um, and, and be okay real fast. And then I started doing the modeling. So there wasn't any one person. It was just this series of, hey, you might want to consider this whole other side of you that you hadn't met before. Yeah, like we ignore yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah. We, tend to, and, yeah. we tend to ignore that in ourselves. Like, we're actually a woman with, like, these, you yeah. know, we're sensual. All yeah. of, you know, to some degree, yeah. we have all of that to offer. So yeah. was it very much like the, the starting out nude or starting in a situation that's very, like, sensual and sexy? Were you faking it till you make it? Or as, yeah. I am not an actor. Oh, totally. Either. Yeah. But the way I faked it till I made it was you know, working at this show, being, taking it top off as a distraction for, as an audience distraction at Sleep No More, and then going on into doing Boardwalk Empire, and then going on and going, okay, well, I could probably make some money as a nude model, and then being, like, worshipped in that body, it it engenders confidence, and it's not always there, but it's certainly there a lot. I also, and Joy has said this, Joy Nash, the lead on Dietland, has said this in interviews, she never once dieted, like she never, that was never her thing. Yeah. I never was that person either. Really? I, I, um, had people offer me things if I died <laughs> and I went, no, I mean, we're, if you're larger in the industry, you're constantly being offered, like, can you do this commercial for me? You just take this pill for 30 days. I'm like, no, number one, I don't know what's in there. We're trying to get it through in an industry, not just this industry, but we're trying to do it with as much dignity as we can muster. Exactly. But we don't have sign markers. And, and uh, you know, we have a mutual friend, if I can bring her up here, too, yes, Sarah Massey. You're just talking about her in the pre-interview. Yeah. Where, who's very much a voice for women in the industry, as is her husband. And she will, she will talk to anyone about this. Um, but the reason I bring her up is because she's such a strong voice for no, it's black and white. I would say a lot of how women talk about themselves and how it's portrayed in the media and how it probably came up in your job. It's all gray areas. You want a paycheck, right? So what are you willing to do for the paycheck? I hate that. That's why I think I love 
this show is just like an elevation of how we not only how we treat ourselves, how we treat each other, yeah. how what kind of respect we deserve. Does anyone on every level as a female, as everything that we do, it's just how impactful mm-hmm. like this show was. I don't know for me. Yeah, <laughs> and for me too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and so maybe, so you speak about, and again, as somebody that's not like a performer, it's that when you hear these stories of casting calls and um, the idea of how much constant rejection there is in the industry, that's just part of the thing. I feel like there would be a natural kind of dissociation from your body where like you are a, it becomes a commodity and the way that like, you know, when, when the casting notices are so like crazy dehumanizing that's very much a norm and I think dysfunctional but have you had to struggle with that or change the way that you accept jobs or do anything like that yeah uh I I I mean I mentioned this uh not long ago to someone else and they couldn't believe it um I so I have made it a point with my last two reps I have representation down in Atlanta who's fairly new and my last one that I had in New York my manager um, and I said to both of them when I got picked up, um, I, they usually say, is there anything you won't do? Thank God they do that. Yeah. And my my answer to that is I don't want to do anything that's undignified. To me, that is I do not want to be the butt of the fat joke. Exactly. That being said, I have certainly been called in for auditions. Yeah. Um, I remember one a couple of years ago, and I'm not going to get into the name of the show because, you know, it got made. That's cool. And a friend of mine did it. And that's awesome for her. Um paycheck is always a paycheck and it's tough to turn some things down but where um kid and a mother get lost in an apartment separated in an apartment store the kid that looks at one of the leads of the series and identifies her as her mom lead of the series looks at the girl me in this case or it would have been me and says you think i look like that oh shit and this is one of those things that i was given the day before and I would have taken it at the time. Uh, I, I don't know that I would. I would take that now. I think I, I don't know. It comes down to money. I remember being in grad school and being told by the head of the program that I was in. Uh, there, there's a Neil of You play Fat Pig that was supposed to be done, I think, out in L.A. with Chrissy Metz, um, and I don't believe it's going to happen now. But uh, there, there's definitely more than one published version. But I was told. Well, you wouldn't get cast in that play at a professional level. You're not big enough. Wow. Okay. Well, can we talk about how, like, one of the reasons that um, Dietland is so revolutionary is that because the narrative of the fat person in all media is either that, like, sad, it's an inherent, like, oh, fatness is seen as an automatic detractor. There's no other information that can be, especially for women, that is, like, the main uh, signifier of that role is that she's sad and she wishes she weren't fat anymore. Yeah. Like that is the defining characteristic. And the it's so cool to be around in a time where like on Instagram, on every, like you're seeing an alternative version of that where like I can be fat and that's just a descriptor of me. That's not the defining role of my personality and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like, that is so goddamn exciting for me. I can't even get over it. Where I'm finding myself, like, turning off things where, like, if that's the, like, I want to lose weight. I wish I was here and here. It's like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> got other things to worry about. And, huh. It's great. <laughs> yeah. No, I had, um, I, I did the same thing. I went in to meet with a new management company. I was fairly new in the acting game. And I went in to meet with a new management company. And 
you would think in this day and age, you know, especially being a plus size model and doing the, you know, the things that have been progressive in this industry that yeah. you worked so hard in. Um, a good actor friend hooked me up with this particular management company. And I went in and, you know, you prepare questions for them as well. One of the questions yeah. I had was saying, you know, the trends and everything else is happening. Um, what do you, what do you see? And because they weren't, they don't usually take someone. I didn't have a big background in acting just yet. I hadn't built up a reel or anything. Yeah. And they but were like, we were don't referred. usually see yep. someone at your level, but we don't have anyone like you. And so they were willing to see me based on that. And so I asked them like, hey, you know, well, what do you see me in? And they were like, well, talk to us about what you will and won't do. And it was very much like the conversation you said. I won't do anything ambiguous. And I said, I won't be the, you know, I won't be the butt of a fat joke. Like if you're fat shaming in any way, it doesn't represent what I am or who I am. And I'm just not going to be okay with that. Like if, if the topic is about being fat, then yes. If it's the butt of a joke or something that's going to put my person or my body down, then I don't know. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they sat down. I never told you this. They sat down for a good like 10 minutes and had a discussion with me about how that was something I would have to tolerate in the industry. How I would have to be okay with that in order to just start my career if I was really a serious actor and various other things. And I was so, I I realized these were, these were people who realized that the, if you will, the plus size, I don't even think we need to be categorized much anymore, but the plus size industry was on the rise and they were like a kid at the, you know, at a supermarket and there was like that quick grab, like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. I need to grab it because everyone else is grabbing one. And I was an impulse buy, and I realized they're going to buy, basically, they're going to put me in a contract, and I'm going to be stuck with this person for 15 months or however long, yeah. and not be able to get out. And all the roles that they can foresee for me aren't actual roles. They're being the, you know, the butt of a joke. And I would, and they wanted me to be okay with that. They tried to talk me into being okay with that. And I couldn't believe, like, after that, I just, and they asked me, you know, come back in six months, think about it, you know, we'll be... I couldn't. The idea of having to be told that that's the kind of life I would have to live if I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Well, um, so when you do, to get into it a little bit, uh, I, I, your audience, you know, your primer in acting coaching here, part of what we do is we look at, you know, um, if you're going to try and secure different representation or uh, in a market that you don't have already, part of what you do is you look at the roster of an agency or a management company currently and you go, uh, do they have a me? Um, how many of my absolutely stunning inside and out um, gorgeous thin blonde friends yep. can go on that roster and can see five or six of themselves and go, oh, okay, there's five or six. Same thing. Um, guys, girls, like uh, most of us as um, heavier women, we're going to say, oh, they have one. They already have me. They have the one. Yeah. It's not worth pursue- pursuing that particular one. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually had a cast friend tell me the other day, we were having a conversation. She said, well, it's not just size you need to be looking at with that, right? And I said, yes, but what's the most easily definable? Exactly. It's the first aspect. thing they see when they see you as Absolutely. a character. Yeah. And if you're playing the game, unfortunately, that is the nature of it. That being said, you went into that meeting knowing you're no line. We use that every day, right? As women. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, as humans, we do, but I think women, we have to have very strong no lines. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, you knew your nose and they were trying to get you to bend on those. I, I think that's kind of what Gershaw and I have been trying to do is sort of teach women 
to hold on to their minds. Or just think, yeah, because again, it's like nobody's ever, I didn't know that I had a choice for that for the longest time. It, and it's that narrative of like, oh, you take what you can get and you be grateful for mm-hmm. it. It's that terribly toxic idea of like, you should just be happy that you're in the room and that's what you get and you make the most of it. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's super gross, and so I I, I wanted to hear about, because obviously it's like, we, you came into the, we saw you as this actress, but you also seem to be like an extremely fierce like woman, like, yes, very advocate. colorful. Especially if you're, especially if you're, you know, with Sarah Massey at yeah. all. You have strong opinions, you have you're strong ready to opinions. say things. She calls you a friend, we know that you're yeah. like, you guys, you guys are friends. I mean, here's the thing, anyone can can give me advice on an O-line I might have, and they can have their opinion on it, but at the end of the day, they need to respect where my decision lies, mm-hmm. and know that it may change. Something where this is going into that I want to bring up is, like, dating as a heavy woman. Yes! Um, so, I, I happen to be straight, obviously an ally. Hi, New York Pride today, by the Yay! way. So colorful today! But, um, like, I consistently i'm concerned that i'm being fetishized yes we were actually talking about that well ah thing ah yeah because you're now an object you're objectified versus being the actual human being that you are yeah we did a whole we started talking about the like for me because i you know there are guys who date and they're like well i prefer a a thicker woman or i just these terms how do you know that you're being fetishized like what are those like red flags that go up uh, I mean, it's very easy if you're talking about online dating, which I always pretend to do and then back off of. <laughs> messages, oh, hi, you do. It's terrible. Some of the messages you get is, "Got uh, look at this baby making hips. I'm like, what? <laughs> and of course, these are also people throwing chum into the water, not yes. actually expecting anything from it. Um, but <laughs> you look at, you look at, um, who they've dated I it, it's really tough I I in New York I will say I don't know if this would apply universally I can only speak to New York I have so many guy friends who said well how do I approach a woman on the street and like uh unfortunately too many men have messed that up for you I really don't know that it's a thing but I do know that if I'm approached on the street it automatically it generally feels like it's a fetish thing yeah you sure. don't know me yeah you don't know me at all absolutely yeah. Well, and yeah, it's true. You wonder if it would be because, like, the answer to the question, "How do I approach someone on the street?" Oh, you approach me like a person. Where, like, if you respect the fact that if I'm not trying to talk to a stranger on the street, you are able to like walk away from that. Um, but yeah, mostly it's <laughs> mostly it's mostly it's it feels terrible because I was like we we talked about Chesla and I have started this practice of like really actively giving women compliments when we see that they've done something fierce. We like their dress, their I makeup. I love doing that. I did it three times street, today. Right? Yeah. And it never doesn't go awesome. It never doesn't. Like, it makes me feel better. It makes them feel better. Yeah. But it's the difference is when men do it, it's not what they say, like, whatever it's words. But it's that anticipation of, like, oh, shit, what if this goes sideways and it becomes unsafe? Like, yeah. You can't uh, There's just, an expectation behind yeah. it. It's not a compliment, usually. No. Because men don't compliment, uh, again, this is a generalization, but a fairly good one, I think. Men don't compliment or men don't interact socially the same way that we do for the most part. And so I don't know of many men that I know who would just arbitrarily compliment somebody without wanting someone. It's usually a little more pointed. Yes. Women sometimes sure. speak around things, men speak at them. And again, generalizations. Because of 
our experience, yeah. we have to generalize and to, to, in order to keep ourselves safe. Yeah, seriously. I'm a little bit on the opposite end, guys. <laughs> ah! mm-hmm. I like I like the compliments. I enjoy them. I like you know, and I and I and I don't. I guess I. It really depends on the intention, like and the situation. Like if it's in the middle of the night, obviously I'm like. Get away from me. Yeah. Like, this is a, but when I'm with a group of girls and they're like, hey, and I'm like, hi, and I keep walking. Oh, I never get it when I'm with a group. Really? Ever. I've never. I, it, 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 again, it might be geographic. It might okay. be that. It might be New, New York. No, I might, it might be the difference in New York social. Okay. Um, I, I also used to live in Times Square. Uh, and so it's a, it's a unique animal yeah. <laughs> that lives there. And is doing that. Um, I yeah, I'm very very picky about interactions and like. I had a guy once. I was in the New York improv scene. <laughs> Sarah knows these stories too. Uh-huh. Um, I can't tell you how I'm um, talking about it, like objectifying. Yeah. That scene can be, and there's a lot of women talking about it now about uh, the difficulty in the uh, in the comedy community. But I can talk about the improv community because it's just people who unless they're very well trained saying what's at the top of their mind and they, they make it work in what they're saying. I can't tell you how many times I have turned into uh, a horn in the red light district within three moves in a scene. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, weren't you talking about that there's an impact? Yeah, well, now, so, like, the UCB is very, apparently, that, that per report, they have a whole thing where they talk about there's no touching on stage. Like, the lazy thing to do is to turn a woman into a wife, a mother, a whore. Like, if that's all there is to it, that's you going to the B choice, not the C or the D choice, and that's terrible improv. But we had a like a an acquaintance yeah. who was like complaining like they're trying to put limits on it was a dude, obviously. Like, trying to put limits on the comedy, that's how a comedy's supposed to be. And I was like, Yeah, yeah but we need to feel safe. But also we're asking you to do a little extra work because that first off the top of your head, that's what society has like given you. And if that's all you can think about, that's not gonna be very funny anyways, bro. So I've had women actively come at me for being upset about sets that have gone that really badly. I, I don't do it anymore. I, it was getting too aggressive for me. And I was I couldn't walk into the specific improv theater that I was at without being made to feel like a sex object the moment I walked in the room. And so I couldn't. I just kind of went, eh, bye. Uh, and then started booking more television. So, hey. Yay! Um, but- <laughs> <laughs> You have the choice yeah. to walk away, and then you're, like, luckily yeah. enough, you're, like, in the right place, the right seriousness, whatever, yeah. and you have better options, but it but is But it was hard. the women coming at me that hurt. It was yeah. the women saying, uh, you were wrong in this instance. This person was allowed to do what they were doing, and a number of them have now since become very strong advocates for women in the comedy community. Like, check yourself. Yeah, because We have really to wa- help each other. I want to take a step back to something you said. Yeah. Both of you talked about it, and I don't know. I know that you guys both believe it, but I don't know if you know our audience needs to hear this more often. You have the choice to walk away. Mm-hmm. I feel like both of you have strong opinions on this, and I want to actually hear the opinions because I think you know. I'm, I'm I grew up Asian. I didn't grow up, you know, and I talk about that some on the podcast. But with my culture, there isn't a lot of choice of walking away. There's not. You you just don't do that. You stick it out. You know, and we've been taught as women that you know, over time that we need to do this. And recently I've been practicing like in the last, I don't know, three years now, just this idea of like, this isn't going to work. I got to go. Yeah. And being okay with that ownership. And so I kind of want to like touch base with you too and like hear like maybe some examples or anything like where you felt the need to either walk away a circumstance or why you feel like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Just anything along that line would be incredible from both of you actually. Yeah. 
I'd like to hear yours first. Yes. He sounds like he's done a good job with it. Well, do you mean in relationships? Do you mean uh, like interpersonal or do you mean job? Do you mean- I think all of it because like, practice in one leads to success in another kind of yeah. way. Well, I, it's harder in business. Well, I don't know. Well, how about the first time? Let's talk, let me ask more specifically then. What's the first time that you can recall at this point where you had to make the decision to walk away and it was hard, but you knew it was the right thing to do to say like no and walk away from it due to, you know, any personal boundaries or anything like that? Uh, in terms of relationships, I'm pretty uh, juvenile sometimes in that where I'll make it, I'll make the other person make the decision and then I'll be like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm good walking away now. That's I respect that. <laughs> um, for work, uh, when I, or, and this is relationships too, I guess where it comes from um, is if I'm feeling like that person is not seeing me as a whole person, that they're only acknowledging a portion of who I am, that makes me uncomfortable because I'm a pretty darn genuine person and so if I have a boss that's coming at me in in a way that makes me feel like I'm only serving their immediate need but I'm not there for the whole of the team which is my whole thing I'm a team player that's going to be a problem for me um I I I mean walking away from trying to have fun going back to the improv community I used to make a living doing improv and then I could try to come back after grad school and again, I just felt like I was an object rather than anything else. I would give career advice. I coach actors. They're successful. I was just being listened to because of my boobs and my ass. And that hurt. And that was a walk away. Yeah. Um, and I don't just walk away. I say, you're doing this. So I'm walking away. Good I make job. it known. This is a, yeah. Well, and so and I was going to ask like what maybe advice you would give either the younger self, but it sounds like professionally you are doing a lot of encouraging and motivating people. Um, again, it's the, but I do that because yeah. I'm impatient about things not happening for me myself. Ah. And so if I can half that by helping somebody else get somewhere, it feels like a personal success too. Heck yes. Yeah. Make it work. Okay, I it's love like, like you mentioned complimenting women on the street. If yeah. I'm not feeling good about myself, yeah. I will purposefully find someone to compliment. I do that too. Yes. Yeah. I'm big about that. And it works. I'm big about that because it, there's, there's it, okay, so I know that we talked a little bit on text messages about like um, numbers, like just the unity in numbers. There's a scene in the first episode, I believe, where they come out. Or is the first or second no, episode? It's, a, it's later in the episode, but where she goes into the bodega or the little store mm-hmm. and some dude is being creepy and then all of a sudden sh- the woman decides to they step up. They band together and they and step up. Yeah. How, imagine how great that would have been. Like, I, I know that, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but um, in the improv group, if the women had just stand together and said, no, that is absolutely wrong. No, instead I had a supervisor. I was walking out of the building one night, arm in arm with a guy. And by the way, I walk arm in arm with guy friends a lot. Honestly, that's just me. Um, And my supervisor in my work study yelled after us, don't forget to wear a condom. And I went, I was livid. Yeah. I was livid. Yeah, that's that's inappropriate. Um, that, That was unfortunately a woman's response to that. And it's not the only time I've seen that. And I, I really do think I like, I, if anything, I want to emphasize, we need to hold each other accountable for exactly. being better humans because we're, we're living, you, we're not men. Men have their own lives they're living. We have our own lives. We're trying to be more responsible to these lives mm-hmm. while we're expecting them to be. So just step up and stop doing that shit. Absolutely. <laughs> There's strength in numbers. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like that unity to be able to kind of get together, band together and just be like, no, I'm stepping it up. You can't do this. Yeah. You know, and if I wanted to go home with that person, I would have. 
Yeah. I didn't want to. And make but it a safe space, not for the person who was insulted, but for the but tell the person who insulted to make it right, and show them how to make it right. Is that too much? Is that are we are we here? Like, is that, well, that's yeah. an offer. You can take that opportunity and acknowledge that, that takes work. Like you saying, like, excuse you, that's not cool. Would have put your whatever job or educational situation at risk. It would have made everything very awkward. Like that takes a lot of work. Um, and so sometimes it's possible and worth it. And sometimes it's just not. I turned to him and said, is there a story there I need to know? Oh, and just smiled. Yeah. He's like, no, huh? And I went, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, he definitely knew that that was not in the cards. Yes. It was literally walking across town. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a concrete example of that. But how about, you guys, no lines. Where do you, is there a story there? Mine are kind of nebulous. Um, I'm very quick to bail on a situation. If it's like, bro, like, cause again, I'm not an actor. I work, I'm a therapist. I work in the mental health field. And the good news is there's a lot of sort of, I've heard the term like corporate hygiene. Like everybody's trying to avoid a lawsuit. Everybody's uh-huh. trying to like get things done. And so it's very clear what's okay and what's not. We get those trainings with those terrible videos and you know what to do. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and so I, my challenge with, like, trying to engage with people and date is that my no line is extremely hard. I'm very quick to be like, this is not fun. I'm, I'm not interested in this, and I bail. And that is, I think, probably most of the time, good. Like, I don't feel like I've lost that on a lot of really high-quality people by doing that, but I have managed to keep uh, – a lot of wisdom very far away from me very successfully. Thank you very much. She's, she's, she's very strong with her boundaries. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's very strong with her boundaries. But I would, I mean, like, there was this year, like, dating. Dating was a lot of fun with those no boundaries. Um, are you happy about? I was like, okay, we don't do names on this show. No, we so absolutely are not doing names. names. <laughs> no, but you mentioned the idea of, like, making the other person bail or making the other person make the choice first. Yeah. I have done that one time. And it felt terrible, but also it was great. It was like, cool. And then I was able to be gentle, because I am nothing if not a people pleaser. I think that's Mm -hmm. the journey in my womanness. That's the journey in my fatness, where I'm like, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I have a hard time advocating for myself. And so that thing of where I just like kind of slowly but very gently throws this guy out until he was like, I guess this isn't happening more. I was like, oh my God, you have such a good point. You're right. You're so smart. Bye. (laughs) It was great. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I am opposite, I think. I think every week she's hearing about a new situation, I'm like, well, I had to just walk away from that. Yeah. That is not happening. My, um, my no lines took a while to build. Actually, I had to figure out where they were. Uh, first of all, that I was allowed to say it. Yeah. Like, my journey came in very late, where I didn't even know I was allowed to sort of say no. I thought that I just, this was just the life I'd been given, and I need to be kind and understanding of everyone else's situation, and then I would wonder what compassion was for me. Like, where did that come for me? And then I realized, I need to say no. No is important right now. And it was, I don't know. Um, I do it in my dating. Like, if you um, you try to convince me to do something or leave at a time that is inappropriate, I just, no. Like, this is, I have those lines. I have lines where um, it's weird. One of them, one of the craziest ones is actually how I keep my apartment. I'm kind of a neat freak. And so if you come in and you just sprawl out too much or too long, I'm like, you need to get your shit and go. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go, man. Like, or or pick it up. 
And it takes, I mean, because here's the thing, I have, it, it takes a while. I don't, I don't, it takes a long time to get there, but once you get there, go ahead. Everything I want to say, that's just a really fun, but the the idea of taking up space, your home is, a ref, is an extension of you. Mm-hmm. If somebody is not respectful of your, your things, your, like, I, I have a very difficult name to say, and asking people to say my name, I realized, was a part of me kind of owning my own space and demanding the respect that any human does. Like, you tell me what I want, you address me in a way that makes me feel comfortable, and that makes the relationship more successful. It works for me, it works for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a really messy apartment, so yes. I guess that says something about my No, life. it says that that's your space, and you're okay with that. I'm just saying, for me, it was just a no line, because I thought that, yeah. I, you know, I, again, as a Korean girl, I was one of the older Korean girls, so I was always responsible for picking up for everyone else, for yeah. making everything right for everyone else. For making it okay, when I worked in the fitness industry, it was my my employer was not always, and <laughs> I would have yep, to like sort of one. follow up and like make things okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was that I was that kind of person who made things. You were the right. cleaner. You were yeah. the making everybody else's life cleaning easier. up other people's shit. It was no big deal. But then I realized that I want to clean up other people's shit, and I don't want to have to clean up shit at all. What I want to do is just have people realize that this is where I am and if you don't like it please see the door like go it's you know we're not going to get along anyway and that was really hard in dating it's been very like like it's been more and more clear where I'm just like this isn't going to work you gotta go yeah. I'm so sorry that you said you were on your way for the very very first day it just happened recently you say you're on your way for the first day I finally get ready to go and then you call me like 45 minutes later and say can you reschedule I haven't left yet yeah oh yeah and so I'm lying, like, liar, lying. Like, can we reschedule? I was like, no, you've already made the worst possible first impression that you could make. I need you to go. Like, if it was like my dad is in the hospital and there's a medical emergency, obviously I'm compassionate enough to do it. But if you literally just didn't want to leave yet, like for me, for other people, that's fine. They're okay with that. That's how they live. For me, that's like a no line for me. As far as like the management, I gave up that manager, if you will, like we talked about earlier, just because what they thought the industry trends were going to means that it's the same industry of the old. And it was interesting because as you guys were talking about that, I remembered watching an old episode of like the Jetsons. Oh boy. You remember that cartoon? <laughs> George Jetson. We all like Rosie. Yes. I always identified with Rosie, even though I feel like we were supposed to do Judy and then like the little girl. I no, like, I think most of us identified with Rosie. Right. Yeah. Hi, I'm the Rosie. Just get well, your shit together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I watched it a few days ago, actually, and I couldn't believe there was so much talk about dieting and weight loss and watch your waistlines, and I can't believe, I was like, this is the stuff we were ingesting as kids. Well, who were they, what what time was it airing, what commercials were airing during that time? I mean, it gets that specific if you break it down, if you break down the industry. I, I, people ask all the time, um, you know, New York, town of theater, um, why can't we have a, a fat girl playing a lead in Broadway musicals that aren't specifically written for it? And I go, I I understand that, actually. I think that, um, uh, like Shakespeare, some of these musical storylines are so convoluted that the audience is just going to be focusing on that and missing everything else. I get it sometimes. I do. But I do think um, the industry... Here's the thing. Here... Oh, this <laughs> yeah, is a tough one. Bring it. Here's the thing um, with shows, and by the way, the I have friends who are EPs and head writers on all of the shows that we think of when we think of, not just Dietland, 
but like, oh, look, there's a heavy crawl on that show. So um, I don't know what's a trend and what is honest change. And that scares me. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, it, yeah, because, you know, I think everyone, some people are just waiting for it to blow over. Like, oh, when this is over, what, you know, we'll just move on. But I know you just, you just did that. But I'm saying, I really think I, I see this. Like there are people who are just like, okay, I get it. You're blah, blah, blah. You're on Instagram. You're wonderful. Thank you. Let's move on. They see it like a beauty trend. Yeah. They see it as a thing. They don't see it as, but I think it's bigger. I think that's what I liked again. I'm going to go back to diet land. What I liked about that was it wasn't just about fat, skinny, the war between that. It wasn't just the war. It was about the women's movement, the movement to have a voice, the movement to take up space. The right to do what you want. If that's be fat, if that's be loud, if that's be creative. And enjoy where you are within that journey. And what I was just talking about, about monetizing um, people's different changing comfort levels or monetizing the trend of being more accepting um, in a size way. That's the next episode on Dietland. If you saw the preview, you hear um, Kitty being um, Juliana Margulies' character um, saying, "Okay, well, I'm going to monetize this Jennifer movement, this women fighting back movement and her friends saying, is that all that is to yeah, you? Yeah, all it is is a business to you. And her saying, yeah, absolutely. There's there's no black, she's black and white in her mind. It, it, it works for her. That's a big thing is which women are actually allies or, or in any uh, ostracized group, which person is an ally and which person is an opportunist. Yeah. I, I, I think we all, we all can fall on either side of that line as we navigate through. Yes. And we're going, and that's, and that's the other thing. We are going to probably all fall on one side of the line or other. The point is to have a bigger goal in mind, changing, sort of changing that mentality, changing the the mentality. You can fall. I mean, and understand that someone is going to make a mistake and be on the wrong side. That doesn't mean they're going to stay there forever. We're going to we're going to play ball, don't worry. I act like my side is the right one. (laughs) We're assuming we're all right. I think that's fair. Well, you mentioned in your, like, talking before the interview, the idea of feeling other at a young age. Like, we both had that conversation of, like, when you noticed that you had a different thing going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Because we're really excited. Yeah. um, I mean, this is something I was thinking about again fairly recently. I remember the first time that I knew that I was fat. It was, um, I switched... I can't imagine what it was like. Um, I so I switched um, grammar schools in kindergarten. Oh, I was going to a public school, and I was waking up every morning. I can't imagine being my mom trying to deal with this because this is heartbreaking for me to even think about. Um, I used to go into the backyard, and we had a deck, and I would wrap my arms and my legs around the the spindles on the deck and sob when she tried to get me to go to kindergarten. I was an honors kid. I liked school. Something was happening with that teacher apparently was mocking kids in class. That's something that I don't know. That's something I've been told, but I would hold on and sob, you know, for a very long time. And finally they moved us into a Catholic school. And my first day of school, I walked into class and I know what she was wearing because it was a uniform. (laughs) Um, And I I know exactly what her face looks like. And if you're listening uh, to it, I won't say her name, but I remember one of the students, five-year-old looked at me and said, you're fat. I remember that. I remember the carpet. I remember the date. I remember like five years old. I remember those things. And I remember the first time that I realized 
that also the school was told that I wasn't allowed to um, eat anyone else's snacks. Oh, I wasn't allowed to switch snacks. Right. Again, other. That was probably oh, six years old. And that was from that point on, I was other. I didn't wear a pair of jeans, I don't think, since I started dressing myself. I was cheerleading captain of my yeah. Pop Warner team, and I was mocked for being heavy. Oh. Like, yeah. It's such a bummer because yeah. it isn't like another, because uh, another five year old had already learned what that word meant, the weight it had, yeah. as had you. And she decided, yeah. cool, I'm just going to do this immediately. Like, that's so terrifying. Do you guys remember? When, like, you realized that you were... When I realized it, I realized it... I don't know. I realized it more with how people treated my sister. And I see that you oh, have a sister, too. Yes! You guys share that. She also has a sister who other people... Uh, and my sister's all accepting. She's wonderful. She's... I mean, she's, she's a big supporter of mine. It's not like it's an enemy thing. It was just... It was always... There was a good one and a bad one. And I, and I noticed, even as a little girl... They would treat her better and feed her more, but then withhold from me. They would just withhold from me, and they're like, "You can't," you know. And 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 no one understood like what was going on that my like father was military and that he was actually being deployed and like okay. there was stuff going on and we were moving and I was depressed. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of reasons as yeah. to what was happening. It's just that there was it was just all it was like an ailment that it needed mm. to be fixed. So I was treated all my life like this was a bad thing. It was a disease that needed to be fixed and there were no clothes. And I remember there was a summer camp I went to and I didn't care. I just wore my clothes. But I realized it was a church camp. So <laughs> I realized there was no dresses. Like I, they wanted, they made us dress up every night for our church camp and go to a chapel. And I realized I didn't have any church clothes. Yeah. And so when we came back, my mom was like, we need to, and I was really young. My mom goes, we need to go shopping for church clothes and she couldn't find anything for me mm. in like a normal store I guess but, but we lived in a town that had one stop sign so <laughs> it's not like there were a whole lot of stores to choose from anyway and I just remember like always the looks on her face or the salespeople's face when we just have to keep getting bigger and bigger size my grandfather would say it a lot he's like you know if you just lost a little weight you'd be real pretty mm. And he doesn't even know. Like, they don't, people don't realize what they're saying. I'm mm-hmm. just, I get so irritated with that, like, idea that if I did this, I would be more acceptable to you as someone who's pretty. Right. And not realizing that that's not what makes me pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and also, especially, like, as a five-year-old, like, you better be more shapely, girl. Like, you better already be working on being a consumable object. Like, that's so gross in and of itself. I worked, I worked in a gym. I worked in a gym in a nursery, and the yeah. kids would come in. Their parent, like, there was one mother. She had just had the baby four days ago and was already in the gym. <gasps> Terrified that she was going. She brought me the baby, and she's like, I'm going to be here. I'm only going to be here for 45 minutes. It's not long enough, but I need to lose this post baby weight immediately. <gasps> and, like, she would freak out. And I remember being in the nursery watching these moms come in and drop their kids off, and I'm so sorry that I'm – it wasn't judgy. It was just alarming. Yeah. I like, it wasn't like, oh, you shouldn't work out. It was the reasons. And the, and what was the most alarming were the things like the kids would say to me, like, they're like, I can wrap my arms around mommy's waist now. She's mm-hmm. happier. Or they would walk in with mommy. You look like you've gained weight. Like they would straight up say this to their mom. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Or like, mom, you're looking so skinny. Like they would say things like that to get more treats from their mom. Sure. 
And so it was just like, my entire life, it feels like, has just been this like eye opening experience of realizing what separates, what, what, the, what fine line this is, you know, and like what we, between what we desire and what we really already have. Well, and can we add, I, I want to talk, like you mentioned, like the idea of going into the gym four days after giving birth. Like we talked earlier about like the dissociating from your body to go into a, a, a thing and be judged as the fat person and that's it. Like I know I had a whole journey with literally just recognizing my body, like <laughs> just being in it and like thinking about it. And, and it, it seems like as an actor, part of that is how, like you have to react in the moment and you have to be in there. And a lot of us are kind of trained to distance ourselves from this thing that people are constantly telling us is terrible. Um, did you have any experience with like owning it, feeling good, like sitting in it, recognizing it again, or were you always pretty much in there? Uh, I mean, specifically, let's talk about like with Diet Land. I, I that the it it starts as an actor, not only with the audition when you book the job, you know, um, the breakdown for the role that I went in for myself was written in a very positive oh way. It was a ve- oh god for this really? part. Oh, yeah, awesome. I mean they're the, unfortunately they're confidential and so I can't. But like it was awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it online. It well, was awesome. Yeah. And I went okay. Yeah, I can do that. I described her as a, a walking peacock when she walks in the room, and she is yeah yes! yeah it was awesome. But also you know one of uh, gulps that I have I guys I was hired to walk in fashion week two years ago as a model and it was for a hair show but it was New York yeah! Fashion Week. um I talked about this online that counts. That's Re- Renee Tyler plus who's um profiled in Dietland sent me a gown to wear recently and she's giving me some other clothes like it's the first time yeah. I had that that's amazing but um I right. said in this post that I made recently um I was hired to walk in fashion week it was for a hair show so it was a fashion week adjacent thing it wasn't actually a fashion week show but i um i showed up and they had sent a designer over from france and he looked at me and said well i don't have anything that would fit her and just walked away this is recently yeah this is two years ago and i'm at the show and i'm going well i'm glad i wore all black because i knew the likelihood of that happening was there just based on traction i walked into my fitting for diet land and it was Katie Riley and her team, and I walked and she went, oh my god, I'm so excited for this. Jo- yes! <laughs> She's like, Joy just wears all black at this point because it was the second day of yeah. filming. She goes, Joy just wears all black. I I shopped for you before I shopped for her. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I bought some of the clothes that they had pulled for me that, that they didn't use on me. I wore it at an opening recently, uh, the skirt, um, but it was yeah. joyful. They love it, and I have to tell you, wardrobe people, Sometimes I'm just so scared because I feel like, oh, God, I, I limit your choices automatically by being me. It, it is a thing. More often than not, I come in and they go, oh, God, thank God we actually have something to corset. You're the yes. body you're for. <laughs> yes. Which feels great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Say that again. This is what your body was made for. You're the body that this was made for, that corsets were made for. That yes. things that 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 enhanced a shape rather than just laid on a flat shape. And by the way, we all know plenty of women who don't have the same curves that are stunning. But to have somebody whose job is to look at the aesthetic, be excited about what I brought into the room—that's huge, right? So great. Well, and I, you know, those like ancient carvings of that like fertile woman, and she's all like giant saggy boobs, like big belly, giant hips, yeah. like. <laughs> 
but if because bo- we talk about objectification the way it is now where bodies are a sexualized object as opposed to there are a couple people on Instagram and one is this artist called Shuglet S H O O G L E T and she has she takes pictures of exclusively like non-binary fat queer like all of these other like underrepresented underrepresented bodies and she te- like she treats them as art she um, associates them with oceans and mountains and stones and rivers and all these incredible shapes like we are just shapes and so what if we were to treat all the variety because bodies are crazy shapes and colors and we have different textures mm-hmm. and if we were to respect that like how much more fun would life be how much more yes how much more fun would life be how much more um interesting you know how much everything i don't know go ahead yeah. <laughs> well, so i want to ask you like one final question um if you because i saw on your like imdb page you're all these like beautiful colors and you mentioned in fashion week like you are not afraid to be like loud and seen do you have any sort of like suggestions, feedback, places that we should like look for your fear? Uh, I'm a New Yorker though. I'm a New Yorker. I go into the black clothes spell very easily. But yeah, and so this show actually has forced me to look at that. Yay! Um, yeah. I mean the the I recently bought this awesome Rachel Roy skirt that is every color you can possibly imagine. <laughs> I mean, the the dress that Renee sent me, um, she had a black version of it. She had a coral color version of it. She sent me the coral one. And I went, oh, this actually looks great. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's kind of my uniform, but I do get to wear more color. Um, I started with a bold red lip way back when. Yes. Was, like, Baby my steps. signature was here. just that pop of color. And then putting in little pops of color here and there on an all black New Yorker look. Is kind of my jam. Yeah, yeah. it has to start but somewhere. I yeah. will never. You, you're going to see my waist, and you're going to see my hips. I don't do big and baggy. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to serve. You know, we we have waists, we have hips. We it it if you just cover them up, it actually makes you look larger a lot yeah. of times, which is fine. It's yeah. just yeah, not really my fine. Yeah, yeah. I have a question, actually. Yeah. How, how, okay, so you just said, like, you don't usually wear color. You went into this fitting. It changed things. How has, I know we're talking about you're definitely more seen than you've been yeah. in a hot minute. Um, how has this sort of changed the way you see yourself? Um, I'm used to doing a job, going in the room, getting a script, doing a job, and leaving the set. I, I've, had to examine what I'm putting out and you know because I'm hard on myself physically it's I mean I you you see this character on television you go oh she's so okay with herself that's not necessarily always who I am it's a constant checking in um and even the past year I had a pretty rough thing that happened and I have been hard on myself I now have this has actually just happened a mother send me a photo of her daughters and say they just called you their role model. I went, oh, okay. I mean, there's part of me that goes, it's a character. But also, there's a human being behind that that wants to interact with them. There's a woman who got a t-shirt made that said, be more Janice. Yes, I So guys, what I did is I just started crying. Sure. And yeah. I'm actually like, crying like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah. I'm teary. Well, and that's yeah, got to be a lot of but pressure. It is a platform yeah. in a way. Um, I also get to go into meetings with reps and, and you know, have been and say, 
here's where I am and here's where people are reacting. Look at what they're reacting to. This is an honest movement, not just a byproduct of what unfortunately that manager brought up to you. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to be a byproduct of what other people are creating. I can say, hey, look at how people reacted to this. Here's what we can do going forward and use that platform. And I'm starting to become more aware of that. I'm not saying I have that platform, but I'm becoming more aware of it. Yeah, definitely. So, so it's it's actually it's actually forced you to sort of like I don't know, be seen more, huh? Mm -hmm. Are you? Yeah, I just I don't. Well, and hopefully, I mean, I don't know, because again, we reacted extremely strongly to your character. I can only imagine sort of. We saw like the damn it, Janet, like hashtag goddess, like all the Dietland feedback. Bring her back. Bring back Janet. Bring back Janet. Can I read something? What? Can I admit something on that? Yeah. Damn it, Janet was a friend and I creating that and hoping it would turn off. Girl, who cares? It worked. It we was great. Right. Damn it, Janet. And then all of a sudden there was a gif and I went, oh my God, I actually didn't make that one. Yeah. <laughs> I hope your character comes back of, as I mean, uh, as Keep watching character. the show. If there's a second season, I sure as heck hope so too. Yeah. But um, the more people that watch and the more people that say honestly what they're identifying with in the show i was in one episode there are another six yet to go keep identifying honestly with what's going on and if you happen to say what would janice do along the way in a hashtag that's ah, that works. <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so so much for your time Becky. Yeah. thank you for being <laughs> so much unicorn yes and thank you Yay. for being a role model unicorn was added in unicorn was not in the initial script i got cast they added in unicorn oh, Woo! victory <laughs> it was the best way they could have possibly yeah. used unicorn yeah that's marty Ugh, that's marty noxon so yep <laughs> well, Yay. do you well, have any questions you. for us before we uh, get going? Um, what uh, what are you looking forward to on Dietland? What do you think is going to happen? So more of those moments, because we are literally going to have to do a whole process episode. Because literally, mm. hearing things that were in my head, the opening credit sequence. There's a quote I oh. like wrote it down on my phone immediately after. Is like when she's talking to her best friend, her mom, about, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm not, I don't hate myself. Everybody else hates me, and they tell me that. And, like, my skin is awesome, and there's so much of it. Like, these are the things I've been telling myself in little tiny nuggets quietly in the dark. And to have it be on television. Maybe a guy is a tiger. Huh? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) That whole scene, I was like, are we about to watch, like, a very, because I was like, I'm into it, but it feels wrong, and, like, what's happening? (laughs) No, I just, I don't. <laughs> I was very excited. What do you think is going to happen with the detective? Uh, it's going to be a bummer. It's heart-wrenching. It's going to be betrayal for her, because he is so good at play acting. Because we just, like, I was like, oh, no, it's real. And we're like, oh, no, he's, like, she even says, oh, he's just trying to work me for information. But in her heart of hearts, she wants to believe that something so awesome, somebody so awesome could be, like, searching her and being excited about her. And, like, with the cake stuff and all the food analogies. <laughs> As a fat girl, I'm very self-conscious about bringing up food in public. It's like, oh, of course, fat girls oh, yeah. food. But having it be like a sexy thing, I'm like, okay. You guys need to do an ongoing list, and I will happily give you a thing of things that I won't do in public because I'm afraid of being judged as a fat girl. You know girl. what? Uh, Let's do top five right now. Just five things okay. that we don't do in public. Uh, eat fried chicken. Ah! Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Number four. Number I'm sad in my people, heart. People know my face now. Ah, yeah. So? Uh, number four. This is bad. This yeah. is bad. I'm sorry. I'm not judging you. I'm just like, you poor girl. Yeah. yeah. I don't wear, sh- I don't, I still don't wear shorts. 
<laughs> no, here's the thing. Okay. When, she, when Guru met me, just just a little history. When Guru uh-huh. met me, I was and we it's in these previous podcasts. Like I wouldn't, I was covered maxi dresses all yep. the time. It's very flattering. It's yeah. very sweet. Now I can't get more naked. Ah, <laughs> I need to be as naked. Oh, I top. Um, yeah. midriff i will show everything in the middle um it's more also they just they hit me weird so it okay. doesn't fit me right sure but also i'd rather wear a really tight skirt and a tiny shirt you hey know what? do yeah. you yeah. exactly yeah. no judgment there okay yeah. uh, how about you guys something you don't do in public you don't what with guys what no something what you don't might you be do in public. reticent oh, to in what public i do in public i do in public i'm like what don't i do in public are you a little bit of an exhibitionist you know what we went to a new beach i literally took off my bottoms yeah I'll do top. I'll do top all day. Like, I'll go naked and be like, here are my boobies. This is great. Like, cool. And I wear like low cut bikini bottoms. I don't wear like, yeah. I'll wear I'll wear a freaking thong. But I don't yeah. want like it's a something. beach. I want to so here's house. the rule we're going to make to ourselves. I will eat fried chicken and I'll wear a pair of shorts. <laughs> and you'll go to a new beach and you'll take off your bottoms. Yeah! <laughs> I'm into it. How I'm you? proof How that it you? happened, please. <laughs> <laughs> So like, you could do like a cute, you could do like a tasteful towel placement. We could make it work. Here's what I won't do in public. I won't be like gross. Like so, the idea of like as a human being, your bodies are gross. Like we smell weird, we make noises, like we have weird things. Sure. Yeah, I had a rash on my face. Like I just broke out. Like my face was just crazy, and I felt like I was a monster. I was literally in like the dead of summer in Los Angeles, scarves, giant sunglasses. It was like a tiny, it was just like redness. Nobody else cared, but it was that uh, fat people being identified as gross. Like, you're already gross. You already can't control yourself. And so then to have another thing that is quote-unquote gross, like, Mm -hmm. I'm very self-conscious of, like, my my smells, my clothing stains. I am hyper-vigilant of that stuff. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. That's not as exciting, but... I'm just very aware of it, and because it's just that's a human, it's a human thing. Like who cares? We get weird splashes, we smell funny, and we make noises. Like it's fine. Oh, sports bra and leggings. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. Like I'll go to the gym, and I don't mind taking it off when I'm there when I'm in yoga. But like just walking down the street, mm-hmm. no. And I'll take pictures of myself. Like if they have me like for photography, I'll wear a completely see-through shirt over that. Though. Yeah, you can. And that's fine. But I, you ask things I won't do. Yeah. I just like yeah. won't go downstairs. Yeah. Or take out yeah. the trash in it. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll wear uh-huh. a bralette all day, but for some reason I draw the line at leggings and a sports bra. So let's all pick one of these and just play with the idea of doing it. Just I because love it. Everyone, know. that's Because we framed it, right? I'm going to walk around smelling and like reach for high things. I'm going <laughs> to hug people. Come visit New York in the summer. You'll have no choice. Yeah. Everything smells. True. <laughs> you take smell. a lot to smell. You never smell. <laughs> She thinks she smells, and I'm. We're like, not going to talk not. about this right now. <laughs> Apparently, we are. We are. Bethany's I was precious. She was thinking about myself. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shutting down. <laughs>